Hi everyone, this is Words with Dragons, or just Dragons, with the Words with Dragons podcast. Um, This is my first one, so I am a little nervous if that comes across, or I get a little bit flustered, that's why. I've never done a podcast before, although I do want to give a big shout out to uh, Kuno and Haley, who were doing the Hot Brown Learning Potion podcast. It is fantastic, and we all love all of their... um, reviews and interviews and everything so so much um this one is just me talking about things i love so predominantly the dragon prince and i wasn't really sure what i wanted to talk about for this first run through um so i actually reached out to you guys on tumblr over at Raylum with two a's and you were super super nice and a bunch of you guys sent in questions which was so relieving and I'm so grateful for it. Um, a couple of people were also interested in one of the ideas I put forward of um, us kind of watching a Dragon Prince episode together and me almost like running through commentary kind of what like the cast and crew did um, with the season two finale back at one of the cons I believe a few months ago which was hilarious and I highly recommend watching it. Um, they're so funny um of me just kind of like doing my my like analytical thing um so someone requested episode two of season one and obviously that has Raylan Callum in the trio's first meeting so that'll probably be maybe something I'll do next weekend um and then somebody else requested for 303 ghost um which was a fantastic episode so that'll probably be the week after because I would like to put things out on a kind of regular sort of schedule um but we all know that my fic updates can sometimes be pretty irregular and that like I do have real life and stuff to balance so it may not always be weekly um but I'm gonna try at least for now because I think that would just be nice um but for today I'm just gonna be answering some of the questions you guys sent in thank you again so so much um, if anybody wants to send in questions um, for any like future sort of Q&A type of thing, um, I have the instructions on my Tumblr, which I'm always happy to link for people who can't find it. And it's also under my Words with Dragons and or podcast tag, because you all know I tag meticulously. Um, but just send in and ask with an asterisk just so I know that it's marked for the podcast and I'm sure I can factor that into a future episode. So yeah, um, but the questions I have today, I have one, I'm just going to go in order. Um, again, thank you so, so much for sending them in. And so the first one is from, oh gosh, I feel like I'm not going to pronounce some of these names right, but I'm going to do my best. Um, Esquistone, um, who I see on my dash all the time, and they are a lovely human being. Um, I also want to make a quick note that um, I know some people have their pronouns in their profiles. Some people don't. Um, so if I'm not sure, I usually just default to they, them. Um, but if I get them wrong for anyone, uh, please let me know, and I will automatically correct. Um, but yeah, so, so for anyone that I don't know, I'm just using they, them. Um, yeah. Um, and Esquison asked, any thoughts on non-the-Dragon-Prince media plans so far in the series, like novels, games, etc.? Um, and obviously, we just got the um, drop yesterday 
um, that the new graphic novel, Through the Moon, is going to be coming out in September. And I am so, so excited for that. It sounds amazing of like being set in between season three and season four and being a bit like Rayla centric um, and her and some really cool moon magic stuff um and then obviously getting to see like where the trio all ended up after season three because it is set in between um and obviously getting to see some nice established Raylum. but i'm really really hoping um that we get to see more of the trio and of ezrin because i adored everything about season three but i really really did miss ezrin and Rayla's bond um and it wasn't really highlighted even once they did reunite which is not like a flaw obviously they wanted to make sure that they had more moments for ezrin and callum and they've always been such a benchmark in the series for me so i totally totally got that um so not a complaint just just a little wish for future things that we do get to see ezrin and Rayla's friendship more because they are so sweet and good for each other and just let them roast Callum for the rest of their lives, basically. Um, so that's probably one of the things I'm most excited for. We also might have the game coming out later this year. I'm not like a massive gamer, um, but I do love video games, particularly like the Uncharted series, actually, uh, which Justin Richmond did work on. So I was really excited when I heard he was on this project because the Uncharted games are amazing and you can definitely see like some of his like influence that like sense of like discovery and wonder in the dragon prince and in the way that he portrays Adia and that whole exploration kind of aspect. Um, so I am very excited for that, although I don't know how much I'm actually going to be able to play it um especially depending on like whether I'm not sure if it's just going to be like online or it's going to be more released for like a some sort of console but we'll have to wait and see I guess um and then I'm so excited for the art book coming out in August I have to get my hands on that I adore any and all forms of concept art um I am a DreamWorks stan, so I have a few DreamWorks art books for the How to Train Your Dragon series, and they are all stunning. Um, and we've seen some of the concept art for the Dragon Prince, and it has so many things that are just so unique. So I'm really, really excited for the art book coming out in August. I think that's going to be um, fantastic. So that's probably what I'm most excited for, like within what we know that we're going to get. Um, and then just because I think this is something Wonderstorm wanted to do as like a future project because I know that um, Ernie has and Justin talked about it at one point. I think maybe even before season two came out, if the idea for a show with the, char with the main character who had um, cerebral palsy, I feel like I'm mispronouncing that, palsy. Um, <clears throat> and... I think that would just be fantastic. And I can only really think of one other show in general that has a main character um, with that disability, which is Speechless, which is also really, really good. And I think it's that's more for like 14 and up. But obviously, like kids deserve to have really fun media and things for them and to see themselves represented. So I am excited for whenever eventually that comes out. Although I would assume that we're going to focus on the Dragon Prince for a while, which again has like really great representation. Um, maybe a few years down the line just have to wait and see um so yeah and then um the official peanut gallery asked how loud did you scream when Raylan became canon because i screamed super loud and my fan judged me a little for it um i think what happened with me first of all thank you guys for your questions already i think what happened with me was um 
my time zone, season three came out at 3 a.m. And I had the plan to try and go to bed at like 11 p.m., 10 p.m., and then sleep for like four hours, set my alarm, and then get up like at like 2.45 a.m. or whatever to then watch the show. I didn't end up being able to fall asleep. So I was very, very tired already when I started watching the show. Um, And I actually sat down and watched it with a few other people in the fandom, like Kuna or whatever. Uh, We somewhat streamed it together. Um, So we're all all screaming together, basically. Um, But I think what happened was, because I figured that Raylan would kiss in season three, I thought it would happen at like, last episode second to last so I certainly wasn't expecting it as early although I was like still like kind of expecting it I had somehow um convinced myself that it was going to happen and then when it did happen I like and then even once it did happen like even now sometimes I'm like oh my god like Raylan was actually canon so like clearly I didn't prepare myself quite well enough um so I think what happened for me was I survived episode one. I didn't actually cry by watching the whole season, which is I cried so many times watching season two. So that was unexpected for me. I survived episode one, I think, because we had seen all the um, spoilers. So I had a little bit of time to prepare. I was like, okay, like she's going to call him her best friend. Like you can do, you can handle it. Like he's going to, she's going to wear his scarf. Okay. Like you can, you can do this. Um, so I was mostly fine throughout episode one although I was losing my mind over Amaya I was so worried for her um and then episode two I think broke me because I feel like it was when maybe it was when they got to the meadow when Raylan Calvin got to the Adorber meadow which is still one of my favorite scenes in the whole season I call it my automatic waterworks because it's just it's too cute it's too pure um and I think it hit me that like or maybe it was when she was giving him the flower but it hit me at some point in their plot line in episode two where I was like this is just them on a date like this is just them on a date in Zadia that's it that's their plot line and I don't think my brain could like fully like compute that because again like too cute this is just them on a date like what a blessing so by the time we got to so like throughout throughout like I'm just broken like I don't even know what I was like by the end of the season because like I wasn't crying I think I was just in shock from episode two onwards so by the time we got to episode four um as soon as it started and like really was pushing him away I was like oh yes like I have been waiting for this I have been waiting for this since season one because that was something that attracted me so much about their initial dynamic in season one and like um 105 and empty throne and 106 through the ice of basically Callum just wants to get to know her so much um and her slowly learning to let him let him in like him kind of like warming his way into her heart so to speak um was something I loved and then season two is kind of a departure from that understandably so because Callum had a lot going on um but it was still kind of different um, so then season three, I was really hoping for a return to that dynamic because she'd be going through more things and he had in some ways like overcome a lot of his, um, in season two, cause season two was just so rough for him. Um, so yeah, so episode 304, I was already losing my mind because I was like, this is like 
when he ran after her to the shore and just all that. And like, even when she shoves him away, he keeps coming back. Like that was exactly what I wanted. And then like, he took off her hood and I was like, oh my God. And then he called her beautiful. And I was like, oh my God. So I was already like losing my mind. I think, I think him calling her the most amazing person he's ever met is somehow an underrated line in the fandom, but like, it always gets me. He just has such a deep-seated admiration for her that comes from such a genuine place, and I love how much his reaction after he, after she kissed him, um, also proved that. Um, so yeah, so like, I was already screaming, and then when they kissed, it's like my brain was broken, and it fractured just like a little further of like I can't believe that just happened but like I already can't believe that any of this happened so I just have to go forward however in like the group chat while we were all like uh watching we did pause it and we did rewind and we were like oh my god like we were losing it like I was like no 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 we have to pause we have to pause. we have to go back uh, like I need to watch this again just to like fully let it sink in um and so it was a very good uh, precursor to the very next episode in which we were living in a post-canon Raylan Kiss world um, and then got three more. And it was just, it was a lot. Um, but I was internally screaming. I was not screaming out loud because it was late and I didn't want to wake anyone up. Um, and again, in shock. Um, but I was having a time. I was going through it. I can, I can say that much. Thank you for sending that question in. Um, Chess Blackfire asked, do you think that Moonshadow Elves have a special only if you can do this thing, like a sky wing, natural wings, and the Sunfire Heat Bean form? If so, what would it be? I think, like, maybe there are Moonshadow Elves who, if they're really talented mages, may be able to dabble a bit more in, like, not necessarily, like, necromancy, but, like, life-death magic, just because, um moon shadow elves are connected to the moon and that is the reflection of death they seem to have a lot of enchanted objects in particular like they have the bindings and the shadow hawk messenger thingies and the flowers like that seems to be kind of where they special where they specialize oh and like the pendants and stuff that renan and um i thought have so that seems to be their particular thing which i think is kind of unique because the Sunfire Elves don't really, they seem to have Sunforge Blades, and that seems to be it. And Skywing Elves don't really seem to have anything, but we know, we know so little about um, that in general. So again, I'm really hoping that, like, the um, art book and novelization of season of season one and season four shed a lot more light on all that, because I just, I want to know all of it. It is so cool. Um, I think maybe, and this is, like, a little bit kind of like what um, Avatar Stair Vendor and Legend of Korra did, of, like, some people in that world who are waterbenders who can bloodbend, you're only supposed to be able to bloodbend during the full moon. Um, and then Legend of Korra, there's a waterbender in season one, or like a few, um, who can bloodbend uh, at any time, whether the moon's out or not, if I'm remembering correctly. It's been a long time since I watched Legend of Korra, but I know, at least at night, regardless of whether it's the full moon, they can bloodbend. Um, so I feel like maybe there might be moonshadow elves who can like go invisible use that like invisibility powers like regardless of during the day or um they can do it regardless of the phase of the moon i would be interested to know though because like as far as we know the only people who can do it are assassins and maybe that's how they like choose who gets to be assassins in the first place of like if you can't turn invisible obviously that's a big hit to your stealth 
So maybe like they aren't really allowed to be assassins if you can't do that, if your connection isn't strong enough or what have you to your primal source. Um, so yeah, I'd be really, I think it would maybe be something to do with the invisibility of like either they can do it more often or that Rayla is a bit more like special, so to speak, than we've been led to believe. Um, if it is where like only assassins or like only those who can turn invisible are allowed to be trained as assassins. But yeah, those are just my my two cents. Um, my new groove asked uh, the next few questions. So I'm just going to go through um, and then wrap things up. So we're like halfway through, I guess. Um, my new groove asked, how long does it take you to write a meta? Honestly, it depends. Um, some of the metas, as you can see on my like list and then even those who don't make it on my like official list because I don't feel like putting them all on there because some of them is they're really really short and it's my mini meta tag um it can take it usually takes a few days just because I do have other things going on um so for a really big meta like my um how realm intersects um meta of how their arcs parallel each other I feel like I worked on that I feel like that had like three or four five big sections and then I kind of broke it down um my most recent one about 308 and their argument there and the resolution and why that like meant why it was just so good for them um I feel like that took again a few days I wrote like the beginning portions of it um and then like saved it and then waited until I felt ready to go back in just because I knew it would be really dense so it took me like maybe like three or more weeks to actually write it, but in actual time, it probably took like five-ish hours. Um, the longer the meta takes, the longer it is. I would say like the sh really short ones, um, something like my one that I wrote about um, vaguely um, 104 with um, Hey Sad Prince and all that sort of stuff, or Heartfelt Speeches, that's the name of it, Heartfelt Speeches. Um, that probably took like maybe 30 minutes, um, just because, you know, it's also like making sure I'm being coherent and I don't tend to really like edit because I'm usually, um, trying very hard to make sure I don't have to edit while I'm writing it for the first time just for meta. Um, and then it's also sometimes I have to find like screen caps. That's probably the most time consuming thing of something like, um, the Ray Lemon Loneliness meta, which wasn't actually that long in terms of like text, although it was decent. I think it was like just under 3000 words, uh, which is probably my average to be perfectly honest. Um, but what took a lot of time was going through the episode and getting all of the screen caps, not only that, but with subtitles, because when I tend to save screen caps, I don't save them with subtitles because I want to use them for editing or things like that. Um, so I usually have to go back in to get ones that have the subtitles, um, which is also really useful because then I have like captions saved more easily um, for when I want to use them for other metas or for edits and stuff like that. Um, but that takes a bit more time. So yeah, uh, the really long ones probably take me about two-ish weeks. 
The longest one, I think, is the um, Katara and Aang and Rila and Callum comparison, just because I remember outlining that one. And, like, each section, I think there was, like, eight or nine different sections, and then each section had, like, obviously, like, three or four aspects of comparison, so that took a long time to do. Um, but it was super fun. I love parallels. I love doing that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, basically... It varies, but every meta is something that I work on because I enjoy it. And I'm really glad that you guys always give it a great reception too. Um, so anywhere from five to eight hours usually, I guess. Um, the next question is, which realm scene makes you cry the most? Part of me wants to say the Adora Meadow, <laughs> just because like it's so cute and like I'm always fine going through the episode until I get to that point. And Rayla is just so excited to show him. It's one of those beautiful things of like when you see something that makes you think of like a loved one, whether it's like a friend, family member, partner, um, and you just think of them and you're like, oh, they would love this. And the fact that like she's right. Uh, um, it, it, there's just something so soft about her taking this childhood place that meant a lot to her that she seemed to have spent most of her time in on her own and like happily so and being like I want to share this with Callum um and just how enthusiastically he responds it's just the sweetest thing in the world to me and they better take Ezrin there at one point because Ezrin would love it and he would just translate the adorbers and it would just be fantastic um but there are so many other moments between them that can get me as it varies basically any scene in um through the ice 106 can get me more or less pain over my mood is today i just love that episode for them so much i love their argument up on the mountain um and callum just puts it all on the line when he asks her like then what's stopping you that can really get me sometimes um, or when he like turns around on the ice and he's like, I do trust you, that can get me. Um, I guess the scene that has only failed to get me just once. There's only one time where I didn't like legitimately cry watching it. And again, I'm realizing now that like clearly Callum is just the source of my waterworks because he just tends to get me. I think it's just because he's such a loving person. Um is when he and Rayla are talking about thunder. And I just love how much that recontextualizes thing for Rayla because like, again, when they first, and I made a, I made a post about it at one point, um, but when they met, she called the human's attack on thunder unprovoked and Callum didn't correct her. And it's that like moment where she realizes like he really could have, and he would have been justified in saying like, no, it was provoked and he chose not to. Um, and it gets me because it shows how much they've both grown. It's Callum doing his big feelings time um, in a way that's so just like heart wrenching and really just really hearing him out, which is lovely. She is fantastic at giving emotional support, um, emotional labor. I'm so happy that Callum insists that he gets to do emotional labor for her too. Um, but yeah, I just love it. And I love it when he's like that moment when he trails off and he's like, maybe I should be regretful and sad because, and really doesn't quite follow him. She's usually pretty good at following him, but she, I don't think she quite gets what he's leading up to. And that's not a fault on her. I think it just shows how they think differently. And she says, because what? And he says, because that was Zim's dad. And it's just this like 
it just always gets me and it always gets me that she's then able to not only successfully cheer him up because I think that's so important um but just because she's able to take something of the cycle that he initially scoffed at and then we see in season two how much she incorporates that into her like new sort of worldview and then in this episode she's able to say like yeah but we're gonna Ezra and Zim are going to break it. And it just shows how far they've come as a couple and as friends and in the ways that their worldviews have been changed by each other and changed and how they've also changed each other for the better. And so that just always gets me and I love it so much. The next question is, what are some of your favorite Dragon Prince art backgrounds? The scenery in the show is just phenomenal. It takes my breath away. It always took my breath away in season one. I still remember one of the first... Um, moments I thought the animation looked so cool in the very first episode when Rail is running amongst the treetops in the rain and it's just the moonlight it's such a cool shot it's really hard to take screen gaps of but I would love to see like gifs gifs of it at one point it's just so gorgeous to me um but in terms of the art background that took my breath away the most just anything in Luxaria it is just such a cool location and set and just like the amount of detail they put into it and just like even just like the overhanging shots and like Janai's prison and the throne room and just everything like oh it is stunning I really hope we spend more time there but just yeah anything in Luxoria is fair game and I don't even really like it all that much but it just works so 100% that um what other animated shows do you enjoy watching Avatar Last Airbender is my favorite tv show ever um always has been always will be I think um, I also really enjoyed The Legend of Korra. Um, so that was fantastic. Uh, I really need to catch up on Tangled, the series. I'm only a couple seasons in. Um, but it re- Disney is great to me when Disney tries really hard. And you can tell that the people who are making the Tangled, the series show were like, yeah, like, let's actually do something with this. Let's do like lore and the animation style is really cool. And I think the character development is really great. There's a few like hiccups here and there. Um, there's um one um there's some there's one episode I think in season two that has which is a season I'm on I'm not done season two yet I know the next season's already out but I am not caught up so no spoilers please where season two had some unfortunate um Romani uh stereotypes especially because like the original film already has some unfortunate anti-semitic stereotypes in Mother Gothel but can't win them all um but yeah, no, Tangled the series is really great. The songs are great. Um, highly recommend checking it out. I basically love anything DreamWorks. So the How to Train Your Dragon TV show on Netflix, Rose to the Edge, is one of my favorites. It's just such a fun show. And it, it really does feel like it's just the characters. Um, at, like it's just, It feels like when you're in university and you're just living in a house with all of your friends and you're just being dumb half the time. And it's like that, but there's also dragons. So what more do you need really so race to the edge is a really fun show that never takes itself like super super seriously and i just love those characters in that world so much so if you do like the movies i would really recommend that um i'm also love she-ra the princess of power um i thought seasons one to three were really really good season four uh misstepped a little bit for me there's a few places where i thought the drama was kind of contrived in the latter half 
but overall I still really really loved it and I am super pumped to see where the last season goes I think it's going to be super interesting and just like oh I'm so excited even though I don't want the show to be over yet so again really nice unique animation style um, also one of the gayest things I've ever seen so I love it and again DreamWorks so you know it's good um same thing for troll hunters and three below both are by um Guillermo del Toro and if you ever liked shows growing up like um Danny Phantom or Jake Long American Dragon both of which I really enjoyed you will like troll hunters it is like the best of those sorts of tropes and then also subverts them in some really clever and cool ways. And the animation is stunning. Like, I remember when I was watching season one, it took me, like, about, like, seven episodes to really get into it um, And for, for the original series, Troll Hunters. Because it is almost like its own um, mini Marvel Cinematic Universe where, like, the three – there's going to be – three different shows the last one's wizards which is coming out later um but it goes troll hunters and then three below and they are like interconnected a bit in um troll hunters final season and it's so cool and the animation is so stunning it took me it was like what convinced me to keep going um and the show is just fantastic like they did something in season three where it's like i'm gonna be thinking about that for the rest of my life it was so good it was so so good um so can't recommend those shows enough um i also really see Sorry, recently started watching uh, Kipo, uh, Age of the Wonder Beasts on Netflix because um, I saw the trailer and it looked cute um, and the scenery is really, really nice. Uh, again, DreamWorks. And there's some songs too. So, so far I'm really enjoying that, um, but I'm only on like the third episode. Um, but if you're into that kind of like um, out there, quirky, vaguely post-apocalyptic vibe, I would also recommend. It also has, again, great representation um all three of the main characters are people of color and I saw some spoilers and one of them is gay so and actually says the word gay and I'm like oh my god but it, it is 2020 so it's what we deserve um so yeah I would really recommend those and then recently I finally got caught up on all of Steven Universe I've been watching it with my partner because they've seen it and I never have although I've known all the spoilers for years um so we were just like binging and we finally got caught up to the movie and I've also been watching Steven Universe Future and I just want that kid to be happy so I would really recommend Steven Universe um for me it personally really I think I preferred the way that I watched it over maybe like waiting for episodes or seasons or what have you because I can understand how like the filler and delays and lore and stuff like that or like things being kind of like dropped and then like not picked up for a really really long time so yeah my last little bit of the podcast just got cut off so I'm just gonna re-record uh quickly but I was saying how like I watched even universe and it really worked for me um to kind of get everything at once and I always knew the direction the show was heading in um so like the delays in lore or like plot points getting like picked back up really didn't bother me um and I think maybe that might have gone differently if I had watched it like as it was like ongoing or what have you um but personally it really really worked for me and I really enjoyed it in that way um so I cannot recommend that enough and I also cried a lot so 10 out of 10 um also wonderfully gay so god bless um 
But yeah, and then the final question from my new groove was, what are your favorite Dragon Prince scenes to rewatch? Um, and I probably rewatch Raylum scenes the most because it's, come on, it's me. Um, but that's mostly just for like meta or what have you. Um, so the scenes that I probably enjoy rewatching the most are just like any scenes with the trio and Rayla and Ezrin and Rayla and Callum and Callum and Ezrin, just anything with them. I just adore them. I adore their bond, their little family. Oh, just, just so much. They mean so much to me and they mean so much to each other. And I just, I just adore them and their relationship. Um, and then the, so yeah, just anything in, in that in season one and season two, that's fair game. Um, and then for me in season two, I found like Viren and Erebos' plotline to be less compelling the second time around. Um, once I knew what was going on, because the main element, the first way through is the mystery. Um, I know a lot of people would be like Erebos. I find him fascinating. He just also instigates my fight or flight instinct. Um, and I don't find him hot, but I'm ace. So you can take that with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, so I find those scenes in season two are probably ones that like I tend to skip over because I'm more interested in like whatever Claudia and Soren or the trio were up to. Um, but really like I part of me just want to say the whole show. I really do love the whole show so much. All of it's fantastic. Um, all of it can make me cry under the right circumstances. Um, and I really do just love it so so much which is why I wanted to do this podcast and give something new kind of a shot um and that sort of thing so thank you all of you for your support and sending in your questions and all of that this has been super super cool um and I am looking forward to doing something maybe a little bit different next time with an episode watch um, and also doing like questions in the future. Um, and again, yeah, just thank you because none of this would be happening obviously without you. And I've been in fandoms for a long time now. And the Dragon Prince is one of the nicest fandoms I've ever seen. It's a really great community, the Realm Corner in particular. And you can just tell everyone just like really loves this show and that like everyone just wants to be here and to enjoy each other's content and like see how people grow and see how the show and the characters grow um and it's just a fantastic experience um and I'm so happy that I get to share it with you and yeah I hope you enjoyed this dragons out